Welcome to a True Fiction Extra. Sometimes during True Fiction or Kino Club, we get a bit off topic and start discussing all types of different content. Usually, we're still discussing these as they relate to creativity. In this extra, we're going to take about a 10-minute excursion into a topic of AI like ChatGPT and its relevance to creativity. For those of you who don't know, ChatGPT is a large language model developed by OpenAI that has the ability to generate human-like responses to prompts. It's been making waves in the tech world, but we're interested in exploring how it can be used to make us more creative in the realm of writing, music, and all artistic endeavors. So sit back and join us for a brief discussion of ChatGPT and other AI products and their potential for enhancing the creative process. I like to look into the future, and I'm wondering right now, how, how soon do you think They'll have a chat GPT movie channel where you suggest the movie and it makes it for you. So you're watching. I love that idea. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, that open AI is moving so fast. It's making people's heads spin. A lot of them don't know what to think about it. And I just think they spit out AI pictures. If you can get AI pictures made and, I think we both done that. You've done writing stuff. I suggested a story and it actually took it in a different direction than I thought. It was really, really cool. So as far as creativity, basically sparking your creativity and kind of giving that, I think it's a great thing in in that sense. And I wonder how many people will use it. How many people won't listen? I think it would be cool in in the intermediate time. I think the the thing that, it'll be more useful for is analyzing plots for problems. I think it'll be more of a tool to assist writers in the, in the short term. And I think if it helps us have better stuff, then I'm not against that. No, I'm not against. Google has either just announced or has just released competition to chat GPT which is really interesting. You know, that means they, for whatever reason, they went in on what chat GPT is doing, or at least the buzz of that. Yeah. It's, it's something that it's definitely Skynet. Well, yeah, you're right. And a lot of people are saying, or I read on the, the web that chat GPT is the Google killer. So Google has got to move fast. Microsoft, I think, bought ChatGPT. Now, another kind of interesting thing is you can get a plug-in for ChatGPT on <laughs> Google. It's now at your fingertips. You, can, you, can, you don't have to go to a different site. You can put the extension on Google and just use it. And I've been doing that. And just to be honest, I was in a committee today and we just joked around about using it, and I went ahead and asked it a question, and it actually helped us figure out a few things. And I thought, wow. <laughs> what we've been doing is when we find a problem with ChatGPT or we're thinking about there being problems in education via ChatGPT, I've been asking ChatGPT about it. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's really interesting how much information that they give. Uh, or you can get from there, but you have to remember too a couple different things. One is they grabbed all the information from the web, I mean, terabyte after terabyte, and fed it into this 
program, OpenAI. And so what you're getting, some of this stuff that is on the web, as we all know, isn't correct. Other thing is they will even warn you some of this stuff may be biased. There was actually a uh, Microsoft a while back had released, and I can't remember the name of it, but they had released an AI chatbot. That and what was special about it is that it would learn from its users' interactions, <laughs> and they mark and they marketed it as such. And the internet did what the internet does, and they corrupted it. And <laughs> by the time it was over, she was putting out tweets about Hitler and horrible <laughs> stuff like that. And they they had to pull the plug on it basically because they had corrupted it so much. You know, there's a couple of good documentaries on YouTube about it. You know, the problem is we're worried about Skynet. We need to be worried about trolls because they're the ones that are going to make the AI go, yeah, these people don't even deserve to live. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about that, that, but that's a good, that's a good angle. That would be real that quick. I, very true. That's very interesting. I wanted to pose a question that's kind of been going around. So everybody knows with, I met a gentleman who he has a job now basically being refining graphic art that he creates from AI-generated art. And then we've also read about there are writers now who are using chat GPT as prompts and then um, other people also. How do you feel about it creatively? You know, is it the steroids of the creative world? The, <laughs> like how steroids are in athletics? And well, I think of it like personally, I think of it initially as I use a, a program called Clip Studio, and it has this built-in perspective toolkit in which you can use it and make buildings probably three times, maybe five times as fast as you could trying to draw it on a drawing table. I initially think of that chat program kind of like that. I think it could be an, a tool to assist, but deep down, I don't think that you will have creative works that resonate with people for a long time out of some AI. Maybe they'll it'll get to a point. I'm kind of skeptical of it because I think that there's there's something about that. There's a resonance that people hit with their creative works that people respond to. Like a ready player one. I just don't see something like that comes from that comes from somebody and it resonates with people. I, I think you can help create stuff. Maybe it'll be a, a great tool to to help people with blocks and that sort of stuff and help create a fashion something better. But I don't I don't fear at least initially. Maybe I maybe I should be, but that's my view. Exactly. I feel like it's a tool people are developing. First, you can tell a difference between at this time you can tell a difference between what an AI writes and what a human writes. So that's something that we are going to try to exploit as well to kind of separate that. And, and and I'm talking about an educational institute. They don't want a bunch of students using AI to create their papers, but they do want a bunch of students using AI to give them prompts, to basically help them with discussions. There are actually AI programs that are facilitating learning right now that we're using and we've used for years. Just, I think that when we look at an unleashed AI like a chat GPT, I think that is a little bit scary, but just as Norbert said, that Clip Studio is a tool, 
the computer's a tool. I wonder if they thought when the radio was going to ruin live performances. You know, I, I just think every time a technology comes along... The TV. The television, yeah. You know, when they first came out with the movies, when they first started making movies in the, in the 1900s, and they had a film... It was in black and white, and it was a train, and it wasn't coming straight towards the the audience in the theater. The film was of a train coming towards the audience at the side, and it goes by. When people first seen this, the 1900s, they literally jumped out of their seats. Literally jumped out of their seats. People watched the 1932 King Kong, and they were terrified because it looked so real. Fast forward to King Kong, Peter Jackson King Kong. And I don't know how many people told me, that looks so fake. You know, so people don't, they don't appreciate what they have. All these technologies, we we end up getting blown away by them, but then we get used to them. Then the next big thing comes along. So I'm not in the least bit worried at this time. When the, the AIs start lining us up and marching us around and making us in the batteries, like in the Matrix, I'll, I'll definitely be a little worried. But until that happens, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Plug me in it. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know this isn't a steak I'm eating. I don't care. I, I want to be, I want to be somebody important, not too important, but, uh, you know, yeah. That, he, he, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I don't want to remember anything. I don't want to remember anything. The, the unfortunate thing about that is I relate more and more to Cypher the more Matrix films they release. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so true, yeah. Uh, and if you're the like the one person out there that has never seen The Matrix, you definitely have to watch that. You'll get every all a of our great comments. romantic comedy, a great yes. romantic comedy. comedy. Absolutely, it, it is was, Neo and Trinity. It yeah. is a it's a romance. Absolutely, <laughs> it it is yeah. definitely a romance. <laughs> Such a sweetheart film. All right, so I think we beat the beat that horse to death <laughs> on this on this uh, movie. Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. You're too late. Catch a ride somewhere else. Catch a ride. Catch a ride.